2: welcome to the uncommon drive podcast with jeff cross and chad Ozy. join us as we look at life leadership and legacy through the lens of sports officiating
3: welcome back to another episode of the uncommon drive podcast uh, sitting across the table from me is jeff cross and i am chad Ozy, and we are here to talk about life and leadership and legacy, and we're gonna use the lens of sports officiating to do that. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm
2: good. I'm good. I'm just uh well rested, ready for a couple of days off, and uh I'm very much in the middle of the season. There we'll you say. go. <laughs> yeah, we are we are in the thick ready. of it. There's yeah,
3: no yeah. doubt yeah. about that. Yeah. You know, we've not hit the full swing of conference season that we're, you know, gonna have come there's some conference games that are beginning to be played, yeah. but it's not like you know, especially when that turn happens and it's the second time through a conference and things really seem to kind of ratchet up. But um, what we're going to do today is a little bit different. Uh, hopefully you all enjoyed our episode last week uh, where we spent just a little bit of time talking about the, the Christmas season and all that goes with it. And one of the things that we've heard, uh, or at least anecdotally uh, through conversations we've had in lock rooms of people and stuff like that, that uh, that listen to this, is that um they, they enjoy the interaction that happens between Jeff and I. Um, Jeff and I have a, a unique perspective on some of this stuff, in part because uh, we, work, we work different levels. We work different stuff. You know, Jeff works uh, primarily Division One. He'll work a, a game or two at the Division Two level. And in the past, he's worked an occasional Juco game, that kind of thing. Um, whereas I spend uh, the vast majority of my season working in the levels that are below where Jeff works and uh i've i've heard lots of people ask questions uh they're like well how often do you talk to jeff and what goes mm. on and just <laughs> so you know jeff and i live close by uh my office is quite literally right down the road from where he lives um our houses now that i've moved are probably mm. about five minutes apart or so something yeah. like that so we're we're not that far apart but it's not like we see each other every day right uh, we'll talk a couple times a week at least on the phone we'll call each other after game just like a lot of other people do uh, during, uh, during the season, uh, my wife and I went to an event oh, yeah. recently, uh, that Jeff put on along with his wife. Mm. And, uh, we, we may get into that for just a little bit, but here's what we're going to do. You mm. are listening to this podcast. The earliest you could be listening to it would be December 23rd. Okay. So we're going to call today the night before, the night before Christmas
2: <laughs> all right
3: all right Jeff talked at our last podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. about how his wife's family would make up na- they would have Christmas Eve Eve mm-hmm, well yeah. it's just a different way of saying Christmas Eve Eve it's the night before the, the night, night before, before Christmas. Christmas
2: I like it right I like it a lot I might try and implement it
3: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we're just gonna we're gonna talk back and forth about a few things today one of the things that is especially fun at least for me may not be fun for Jeff but it's fun for me is that uh, at times when Jeff and I get together and talk and we just have conversation about things, um, it naturally leads to other stuff. Mm -hmm. Just almost always does. You know, we talked in our last podcast about, you know, you make time for the things that are important to you. Mm -hmm. I also believe that you are naturally going to talk about the things that are important to you. You Mm -hmm. know, if, if you say you are a diehard Green Bay Packers fan, and my guess is people around you have heard about your allegiance to the green wave hackers mm-hmm. because it's hard for it to be important to you and you not talk about it. My guess is, is that if you've got grandkids, people around you know about your grandkids
2: because
3: yeah. it's hard to have grandkids and not want to talk about those grandkids.
2: What does our buddy Alan say? How do you know a marathon runner? They'll tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He will talk. He will tell you
3: just how many times yeah. you know. that's exactly right. Um, In fact, I just heard a story yesterday about a fellow official that ran the Chicago Marathon. Mm. So uh, he didn't tell me the story, however. One of his partners told me. Anyway... Uh, so we're going to just talk about a few things today and, uh, that conversation is probably going to, um, weave in and out of a few different things. If you're one of those people that says, man, I like it when they focus in on one thing for one episode today, is probably not the episode for you. Uh, you That's can just consider this your Christmas gift to us to listen to it anyway.
2: That's what I say. Lighten up Francis. <laughs> Let's go. You know, That's right. Enjoy yourself. And, uh, <laughs> and
3: we're going to have a little fun, but Jeff, I do want you to share with everybody, you know, we've, We've, we've joked about your Christmas spirit and mm-hmm. all of that that goes into everything. Um, we've talked uh, several times about the event that you're doing um, where you're you're blessing a family in the mm-hmm. Champaign mm-hmm. area. By the time this comes out, that will have already taken place. Yep. And in our next podcast, hopefully, uh, we'll be sharing the results from that. Can you just give everybody maybe an update of kind of like a, a ballpark that you're at right now?
2: Well, um, it's I'm glad you asked that because actually tonight... Uh, me my wife Gina and then my mom and uh my stepdad her husband are all going to go shopping for the things that this oh, family is going to need so we're going to go do that and I actually forwarded the the wish list to everybody in the group so we're just going to kind of go do that as a family we're going to go do that so oh, that's awesome yeah um and it was kind of cool to be able to involve my mom you know a chance oh, yeah. to be with hang out with her and my stepdad my stepdad you know he's you know I hate to say it, but he's a grumpy old man. you sure, know what I mean? you gotta so, go shopping. So, hey, here yeah. we go. I guess if Jeff's gonna be there, I'll go, right? So we <laughs> go and you know, we we'll just cruise around so we'll have a good night of it and maybe have a little dinner. But um but the the update is basically we've we've eclipsed a thousand dollars. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So and we're looking at uh four uh kids, sixteen and down, I think it is, might be fifteen and down, but and then the mom who just is a single mom mm-hmm. uh, who's hearing impaired so uh, w- we have an opportunity to to basically get these uh, these kids you know that that major present that they're looking at oh yeah you know what I mean with really no issues That's and cool. then and get mom something that she really needs with no issues and then help her with some groceries and potentially some clothes and, and other mm-hmm. things that are, that are needed for, for regular. Yeah, uh, you know regular day-to-day business so we're, we're going to have a chance to do that um we i've got it worked out to where um the uh, uh one of my friends who uh, works at uh, the arena is going to be able to get this family if they're able to come to watch the game they're going to get this family down in the tunnel uh, my uh, our crew after the game is going to meet up with them you know just play a little uh, secret santa i guess if that's if, if you would call it that and it just you know be able to talk to him for a few minutes and wish him a Merry Christmas. Um, let him know that, you know, There's ultimately, you know, referees are not always the bad person. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we like to help people and we like to take opportunities to do that. And we're going to do that. And um, I've actually, like I said, the, the mom is hearing impaired. So um, I sent out a group text to my partners for that day with a YouTube video on how to say Merry Christmas in sign language. Oh, fun. So, yeah. So, yeah, I know you all can't see me, but it's basically rubbing your chest upwards twice and then making a C starting down and then going up. So, mm-hmm. Merry or Happy Christmas. So, yeah, I'm ready to say it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, dude. And I'm sure we'll
3: share in our next episode about how that went and we'll, uh, we'll be able to plug everybody in with that. For those of you that... Uh, donated to be a part of that, mm. we uh, we greatly appreciate that. But as part of your your Christmas frivolity, oh, uh, you decided you and his big words. <laughs> you decided you were going to host a trivia night. Mm-hmm, yeah. So so tell tell us just a little bit about that. Tell us you know why in the world you got a bird in your saddle to do it in the first place. <laughs> uh, how it happened, and then how, what did what did you think of the uh, the response?
2: Well. First of all, I, I think I need to share the lesson I learned. So many people would be hesitant to do this because they've never done it before. And I, I was very upfront with everyone. I've never put on a, a, a trivia. I've never even been in a trivia contest. <laughs> I mean, I barely played Trivia Pursuit. So uh, just not something I did. But I love Christmas. You know, and it kind of started as a, you know, a thought of let's do a Hallmark bingo night. Yeah. You know, so, um, and that didn't kind of work out and I had some few hiccups in it. So I said, everyone likes uh, Home Alone, me especially. So let me, let's let's do it. Um, And I I literally just put the feelers out. I didn't have a question one made up yet, except for I wanted to do it. And I put out some feelers on on social media and said, "Hey, was is it? Would anyone be willing to host a trivia night for Home Alone on one of these two nights?" Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, we had an a, a establishment reach out and say, "Yeah, we we can host on that on that Friday the ninth. No problem. You know, whatever it is." And and I quickly said, "Great," but then of course my question was. Um, how much are you going to charge us? No, no, it's free. You know, we just you know want them to come and you know uh, buy some drinks and some food and you know and and be part of the the establishment. Whether it just be on that night, maybe they like it and go back. So it worked out well. Yeah, but so it quickly uh, multiplied into something. You know, I don't want to say more than I thought it was. Uh, you know, more work than I thought it was going to be. Because I enjoyed it, because I, you know, enjoy Christmas and I enjoy the, the movie Home Alone, but, um, you know, I was like, okay, so how we gonna do the scoreboard? So then I reached out to, you know, you've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again, our network is worth more than our net worth,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and, um, I I remember working with a, an official who down in the uh, Southern Illinois St. Louis area, um, and I remember working with him years ago. And after we got done the game, he's taking a shower. He said, Yeah, I'm gonna get out of here. I got a trivia night to go to. I go to trivia nights all the time, and I don't know what it was about. I haven't spoken to this man in ten years, easy ten years, <laughs> maybe fifteen. And I reached out to him on Facebook and you know said, Hey, listen, I'm trying to do this. Can you can you help me? And we he he laid it all out for me, guidelines, some rules, and you know, and I I kinda ran by my ideas by him, and he, you know, he helped me mold all that. And you know, I, I I I'm just really truly amazed that someone who doesn't know anything about what I'm doing. I mean, I even seek counsel on you. It you can do it. Mm-hmm. It's really not um it's not life we, we kind of get in our own head about that we're like, "Ah, I don't know how to do it, so I'm not going to try and host it." Um you know, we had upwards of 50 people there.
4: Mm-hmm. Um
2: the 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 owner of the establishment came up and said, "This is the best turnout we've had." for a trivia night and they host them once a month. That's the best turnout we've had. <laughs> like, she's like, I don't, you know, I I had one of, one of the families that, um, was part of a team might've been the grandpa or something. And he, and he came up to us in between rounds and said, you know, do you guys travel all over and do this? <laughs> like, no, we don't. You know what I mean? We just, I sat one day on my day off and made up 40 questions while watching the movie. And that's what I did. So, um, it turned out really, really good, Chad. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, the, the establishment was really happy with it. You know, they want me to come back whenever I want to come back. They're willing to have me. I think the exact quote was because um, I told it. You know, it was my first time. I, I was pretty upfront with that at the beginning when we signed up for it. But afterwards, they had said, uh, "Well, as far as we're concerned, you should be doing it full time." And I'm thinking,
3: so Jeff now has a third career. So <laughs> after his officiating career, he's become a professional trivia host. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like
2: uh, you know Bob Barker, you know, of trivia. I guess you know <laughs> Drew Carey of trivia. I don't know what I am. Um, I'm Richard Dawson of the Family Feud. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, none of those people. Uh, oh, just Dawson. a weirdo behind a microphone is all I was. So, um, I, I mean, we were able to keep the crowd engaged. Gina, and and I mean, I think Gina would even admit this when I first said it to her she rolled her eyes I'm sure of it I'm sure she rolled her eyes
3: I am fairly certain that that's Gina's first response to most (laughs) things that you say to her yeah
2: yeah 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 that's true
3: for those Mm -hmm. of you that do not know Gina Gina has to be one of the most supportive encouraging people Mm -hmm. on the planet Mm -hmm. so I think that her eye roll is only a it's only a preemptive eye roll. It's like, well, I know we're going to do this anyway, but I might as well roll my eyes. <laughs>
2: right. I think the eye roll is for how much you're going to, how much more work have you just created for her? You know there what I mean? you go. Uh, I already work a full-time job, you know, trying to keep things, you know, at somewhat of a normal state with me as a husband after 30 years. So I'm sure that's what the eye roll is for. Like, oh boy, here comes some more work. So.
3: So the the reason I brought this up, Jeff, and I I, I find it interesting, you know, here we are the, the night before the night before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. And we have all of these, <clears throat> we have all these traditions that many of us are going to celebrate the next two days, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's the things that uh, people might do. Uh, gathering on Christmas Eve with family or friends or on Christmas Day or even, you know, into the next week when we've got, you know, New Year's Eve parties mm. and, you know, some people are going to be working holiday tournaments and there's certain traditions that surround that too, right? Mm. You know, hey, this is a a, a crew or, or a group of officials that maybe don't see each other, but this time every year. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. actually going to work a tournament, the 20th, 29th, and 30th, where I'm going to go see coaches that I only see At that tournament, yeah, I'm going to go see other officials that I, I may get to see at other times. But we get to hang out for three straight days, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
3: at that tournament, and and there's some traditions and some fun and things that go along with that. And there, I think it is, it is awesome to have some. I'll call them fence posts. Some fence posts in our life. Mm -hmm. They're kind of those traditions. That we can always come back to and there is a sense of sameness about it there's a sense of well this is kind of how we do it or mm-hmm. whatever but i also think it's kind of fun if sometimes the the rails that go from one post to the next i don't think they always have to be straight I don't think they always have to be the same material. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get from this event to that event, but what happens in between here and there may may be a little more colorful than the last one mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. And you've we've talked about it on the podcast, you know, you came up with this idea, I'm gonna turn I'm gonna turn my golf cart into a pontoon boat.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
3: for a for a parade. Yeah. You know, right? Mm-hmm. And you worked on that and and it didn't work out to turn your golf cart into a pontoon boat. Mm-hmm. So instead of just giving a, oh, it, oh, my work. plan didn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, you turned a trailer into a pontoon boat. And
2: mm-hmm. pulled it with my golf cart. And you
3: pulled it with your golf <laughs> cart. So got to drive your golf cart in the parade, right? There's a lot of people that would have looked at that and said, I'm, I'm sure that's another one of those situations where Gia rolled her eyes at you. And oh, yeah. How much work is this going to create for me? Right. And I'm sure. So what is it about those out of the I hate using the word "out of the box" because I think that's—I think it's just so overused, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and we say anything that's not just you know black and white. Well, that's out of the box. Well, no, but some of these creative things that you choose to take Mm -hmm.
4: on—you
3: know—I don't know that you would consider yourself a creative, you know, an an artist mindset or whatever. Yeah, I would not. You know, but but that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're 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 taking on a creative endeavor with this. What is it about that stuff that sparks something Mm -hmm. in you?
2: Probably the first thing that sparks is joy. I I feel like doing it, whatever it is, can create joy with the people that are around me being partaking in it. It, it also gives me joy, right? I, I'm very happy to see people happy. Mm-hmm. That that makes me happy, um, and I, you know I. I've said it before, right? I love when people call me crazy, Mm -hmm. right? And I think these are all things that people just go, you're crazy. But if we talk about the pontoon boat, every time I came up with a new idea, I mean, I literally started a group text named the pontoon boat group text (laughs) for all the people that I'm laying ideas on, right? And, And and they're all like, I don't know, and you know this, and everyone was weighing in, and we had people stopping by, checking it out, and that was creating joy. Even though I had to work on it, and it got rained on, and you know, all those things happened, it created joy for the people that were around me, and um, whether it be a little kid or an adult. Sure. And um, as far as I'm concerned, truthfully, there's not enough joy in the world. Mm-hmm. I want I want to rephrase that. There's a lot of joy in the world people are just afraid to express it mm. they're they're too afraid mm. that they might embarrass themselves by being overly joyful or overly excited about something for the fear of letting down that someone's either going to laugh at them or the idea won't work mm. even though it's going to be fun to try so um when i so when i did this 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 uh home alone night i, I was i was looking to cause excitement in it was very easy for me to do. It was, it was, I am having a hard time even calling it work
3: because
2: mm-hmm. I enjoyed so much about, it. I remember going to Staples and getting the, the, the sheets printed out and I was sitting there where we it was a little desk and there's a gentleman there. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what I started talking to him about? Hey, you ever had a, you ever been part of a trivia night? It, as a matter of fact, I have, so I'm doing one for the first time and I, and he gave me an idea. It was the night of the trip. I remember the day before, the day before the trivia night. He gave me an idea and I I almost implemented it, you know, and, um, but I bounced off Gina. Gina's like, you know, eventually you just have to stop, you know, let's just go do this. Right. So, um, but if, if you're not, as you say, being creative in those ways, how are you going to develop new relationships? with people that you never thought you would develop a relationship with. Mm-hmm. You know, this this guy, I believe his name was Dan, I think I remember that, and he was part of a church a trivia night that he took part of, you know, and we we bonded even even if it was for only 5 minutes. Mm-hmm. I got to hear his story and I got to, you know, let him feel like he's been heard and I and I gained some knowledge from it. So, um I I just love that. I I love that and I love it when I love, I guess I'm, I might even change the phrase. I love when people roll their eyes at me. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I think it's cool.
3: Well, so I bring it up because here on The Night Before, The Night Before Christmas, mm-hmm, Right. Many of us are set up for our traditions. Mm-hmm. Many of us are set up for the way things have always been. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're listening to this podcast and there's some things about your traditions that are going to be different this year.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Maybe instead of having Christmas ham, you're ordering in pizza Mm -hmm. and you're frustrated and upset by that because Mm -hmm. that's not what we do. Mm -hmm. Man, why not? Why not just let go and try the new thing? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's fun because now instead of spending an hour cleaning up after dinner, Mm -hmm. now you just throw those boxes away and we get to get on with the fun of the night or whatever it might be. Maybe, maybe it's doing something slightly spontaneous maybe instead of driving the quick way home from christmas eve service or wherever you might be going maybe you drive through a couple neighborhoods just to look at christmas lights
4: yeah
3: and maybe you stop outside a light and outside one of those and you take a picture in front of it Mm -hmm. with the family yeah you know that is is something that says wow what a what a great thing that these people have done and now my family gets to enjoy that mm-hmm. you know what if you spontaneously sing a christmas carol to your server at christmas <sighs> eve brunch or That'd be whatever so cool, you know that yeah. I mean just you know it it doesn't have to be something wild and crazy and over the top it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be 4 weeks of planning to do a trivia night mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be 3 months of planning to build a pontoon mm-hmm it can be something that is just in the moment that is unusual. Cause what, what I am beginning to learn, and I don't know that I've fully grasped this totally completely. I, I think there are, there are mem- memories that we attach to traditions, mm. but most of those memories are based on the ideal of the tradition. So here's what I mean by that. Um, I have a, a friend of mine that absolutely loved their high school basketball tournament growing up. Okay. Went to a small school. Mm. There was a, a Christmas tournament they had every year. And that was like the biggest, best, most amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for the rest, they'd moved away from there right after high school, hadn't been back. And they're now, they're now a referee. Right. And they've been to all these other tournaments and they've worked to all these different levels and they've worked in arenas with thousands of people. Right. But in their mind, The best Christmas tournament that ever was was still that tournament back home where they grew up.
4: Mm.
3: Well, last year they went back home.
4: Mm.
3: And they went to that tournament, and they're like, Chad, like, there's nothing wrong with it, but like it's just another tournament. Yeah. Mm. And I said, Well, but what made it so special to you was your memories of what it was in that moment. And so for you at that moment as a as a kid growing up watching it. As that young player finally getting to play in it, it was everything that surrounded it, not just the event itself. Yeah. And so for many of us, all these years later, the the way that you open presents, it has to do with what you felt when you were a kid opening presents. Mm-hmm. You know, or well, we have to have this dinner because I remember when grandma used to serve this dinner or yeah. whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. But some of the some of the memories that are most talked about during those traditional moments are memories that happen spontaneously. There are things that happened that we didn't plan for. Yeah. You know, it's the road trip that we took and we had the flat tire on the side of the road, <laughs> you know, and dad got his pants all messed up. And the only thing left for him to put on was a pair of mom's pink pajama pants right. afterwards, That's or, you know, right. whatever the crazy story is in your life that, that right. everybody's still laughing about years later. Mm-hmm. Because it just happened in the moment. Mm -hmm. So on the night before the night before Christmas, one of the things that the Uncommon Drive podcast is going to suggest to every one of us is that we be in the moment Mm -hmm. and look for moments that are different. Look for moments that are spontaneous. Be the one brave enough to say, hey, you know what? Let's all walk across the street and carol at the grumpy neighbor's house. There you
2: go oh well they're gonna be frustrated they're gonna be
3: well you know what if they are we can turn right around and come back as soon as we're done singing (laughs) joy to the world or we wish you a merry christmas or whatever (laughs) you know or maybe for that one moment Mm -hmm. when they're hearing a group of people sing we wish you a merry christmas Mm -hmm. maybe it's like oh wow you know And, and maybe they do respond differently than we anticipate
2: I, I Listen, I'm on board with all this. I got, I got no issues with any of this as far as I'm concerned. Christmas should be 12 months out of the year, at least the way we do things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just like we talked about, I handle that float just like I handled the the, uh, the trivia night. It had nothing to do with Christmas. It had to do with the joy around it. So, But I have a question for you. Sure. You asked me, you know, why do I do that? Mm-hmm. You know, we've known each other, you know, actually, I think I saw on Facebook that uh, it was six years ago. Really? Yeah, that you went and watched me at Western. Uh, oh, at Western, at Western. yeah. Western, so six yeah. years ago. So Yeah, you it's know, just a little over six years. Yeah, so a little over six years. Why do you think I do it?
3: Oh. So, um, I believe that part of the reason that you do it is you're always looking for a next challenge. Hmm. You're always looking for a next thing. Part of the reason I know that is because very few of the things that you do are long lasting, repetitive things. Most of what you do Mm -hmm. is you do, they're either a Mm one-off or they're for a season,
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: right? Mm -hmm. And you plug into those things for a season. Mm -hmm. And then there's another thing that comes along. There's other people that operate like they, they, they're the long haul people. Right? They're the people that are gonna be the backbone to something. They're gonna keep it going long term, whatever right. that might be. There's other people that help provide a spark that maybe moves something from one thing to the next to mm-hmm. the next. You know, you and I just talked the other day. You know, there have been there have been basketball camps that you've taught at that you no longer teach at. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the opportunity might not be there or whatever. It's just that, well, now I teach at this camp. Mm-hmm. You know? I was at that one, now I'm at this one. There Mm -hmm. might be another time in the future where you're not at that camp anymore, now you're at another camp or wherever, right? Mm -hmm. Because you bring something new to a different place, to Mm -hmm. a different thing. Um, For a a huge part of of my career uh, in ministry where I'm at, I was the guy that was always someplace three to five years. Mm. That was me. You know, I'd come in and I was, my job was to always help transition someplace. Hey, we're going to move from, from this style to this style, or we're going to implement this and do that. And so I'd be someplace three, five years, and then I'd be on to the next one and on to the, and it got to the point that once I had been where I'm at now, and it's crazy to think that I'm going on 12 years now here, as long as I've ever spent in wow. one place, period in my life, mm. never lived anywhere as long as I live. I've lived here now that I got about, I got about five years into it and I was like, well, I should be someplace else. Mm. You know, where, where, where's the next thing for me? And and that wasn't the right thing for me at that point. And I had to work through that and process that. And it's about a longevity thing, trying to make something happen. But that's not necessarily the way that I'm just naturally wired because of just some of my gifting and because of some of my experience. It's like, okay, well, what's next? What's next? What's next? And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons for you why you tackle that stuff. It's because it's a new challenge. It's, it's different and why well, I can do that. You know, why'd you become an athletic director?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, why not? Yeah, why not? Right? Why you know, can't I do it? Yeah. You,
3: you weren't an athletic director for twenty five years. Mm-hmm. You were an athletic director for a few years. Yeah, four years, yeah. And you then had it at a place where it was something different when mm-hmm. it got passed off to the next person. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So that's why I think. Yeah, I think there's I think I think that's true. You know, I I think um It's that dopamine rush, that adrenaline rush that I get to try something and to to really, uh, you know, I know this is going to sound way bigger than really what it is, but to overcome the odds. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you before, but um, Jennifer Rowinga, mm-hmm. my daughter's uh, sister-in-law, I guess it would be, um, she's, we've been in school a long, long time together, and, you know, she told me one day, she goes, I was working on some project or whatever it was, and somebody asked, you know, what do you think about Jeff? You know, is he going to be able to do whatever? Mm-hmm. And she said, listen, if Jeff if Jeff says he's going to do something, I believe there's no doubt he's going to do it. He wants to do it. And he's probably going to do it all out. Yep. He's not going to do, let me just, you know, squirt some trivia questions in here and see how it works out. Mm-hmm. He's going to be all in. It's going to be bigger than ever you ever thought it was going to be. He's going to do things that you never thought he would do to it that you never thought about, and he's going to get it done. Even if he does have to, you know, stay up until midnight and get up at 4 in the morning to make sure the project gets done. So that, I think, in turn, transfers over into some of my travel situations in basketball. Sure. You know, it's just, it's okay, this is the challenge. Let's do this challenge. We can do this challenge. Yep, it's going to be long. I'm going to be tired. And as I was just texting a friend, you know, suffering has value, you know. So um, I don't, I don't shy away from that, and it does give me that, like, whoo, that felt good. Now I can tell you this, and I don't know if I share it with you, but there's times when I get so fired up about something, and maybe it doesn't. Um, so like, now this. Let's talk about the parade. I got really mm-hmm. fired up about the plo- the, the float for the parade. Yeah. But when it rained, you know, everybody was kind of like, "Okay, we're we're not going, right? We're not mm-hmm. going to do this. You're still you know, you're not going to do that." And I'm like, "I'm I'm going to the parade." Yeah. "You coming or not?" You know, <laughs> and that was a little um little down for me sure. to see people go, "Well, you know, the conditions aren't perfect, so I'm not going to do it." Um, so that that hurts me a lot because I put so much um, excitement into it for the actual day. The trivia night, the same scenario, right? I'm like, this is great. I'm you know sharing it on mm-hmm. Facebook every three or four days, you know, and I'm all these things, right? Keeping close tabs on it and making little tweaks. And it turned out great. Mm-hmm. It turned out great. After that, when that turned out great, then I have this, I mean, I literally have this. <sighs> I'm so glad it's over. Yep, kind of thing because it and it did take every waking moment, but I know that I put energy into it and I was really hoping it would turn out well, and it did turn out well. And we had all these people, and now it's over. And now it's it's nine thirty at night, and I'm just like trying to just just stop for a second. So,
3: oh, I think there's a lot of people listening to this that can understand it, that, that can relate to that feeling mm-hmm. because that does doesn't just happen from something like a trivia night or putting on a parade or whatever, but, you know, every teacher that's involved with a program at school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's get through that program. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. Let's, let's get through parent teacher night. Um, that coach that is done with the season, mm-hmm. whether it was good season, bad season or in between
4: season, mm-hmm.
3: you know, the person directing the play that, you know, has the last performance, the person working on the project at work, you know, the accountant that finally gets through tax season, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I mean, I, I think a lot of us experience that. And, you know, we've we've said that part of what we do on this podcast, we, we talk about life. Obviously this impacts life.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But we also say, you know, we want to take a look at, at leadership.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So one of the difficult things about something like what you just talked about is you could say that showing people that you can take on these kinds of things and accomplish these things. So that's, that's, that's the type of leadership you're leading them to say, Hey, look, if Jeff could do it, maybe I could do it
4: mm. right mm-hmm.
3: now. Then if we want to take them that next step in leadership, the next step in leadership is the next time I'm going to do something like that, whatever that looks like in my life, every one of our listeners, it looks they're, they're not all going to go out and do a home alone trivia night. Mm. They're not all going to make a float for the parade, but there's, there's something that they can tackle. That's a little different. That's mm-hmm. a little bit of a challenge. That's a whatever. And sometimes it takes proving it to yourself a couple of times that you can do it, mm-hmm. you know, but then after that, if you really want to be uncommon, then that next leadership step is how do I take somebody else with me? So they realize they can do it because mm. it's one thing. And, and here's the thing for a lot of us that are type A driven people, we would rather do it ourselves because, number one, we know it's going to get done.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And number two, we know it's going to get done the way we want it to get done.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I would even argue that, I don't know if you would categorize me in the type A driven, I think is what you called it. I don't want to, I, I want to do it because I want to make sure the person who is leading it has the enthusiasm for it that I have. Sure. And I don't know that I can always Trust that everyone is going to have that tenacity and grit, that that um, that enthusiasm for the event, whatever it is. Sure. And, you know, you're talk- talking about the baseball coach. I, I, re- I remember distinctly those for the years I was coaching softball and baseball. I mean, I would go through these just mountain climbing, getting fields ready and just, you know, putting everything I had into it and we'd get the game off and we'd lose 25 to 2. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we'd have four people show up. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was just, oh, you know what I mean? But it was just constantly up, down, up, down, night after night after night because of that. Um, So that was, for the selfish reason, one of the reasons I like coaching Mm -hmm. inside sports like, or outside sports like that. Because I knew that, you know, there was was a whole group of people telling me he can't do this. He can't get the field ready. We won't play today. And Mm -hmm. then we play. You know, so, um, yeah, it's kind of addicting drug
3: yeah.
4: for
2: me.
3: And, you know, and so when we take on that next step of bringing somebody alongside us, you know, then sometimes it's about how do we impart that enthusiasm to them? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about how do we empower them so that then they gain enthusiasm for it because they're taking ownership of it, positive ownership of, of something that happens. It was really funny, this last summer, my, my daughter was only home about a month from school. And uh, we had an event at church, it was a, a one day kids event, mm-hmm. you know? And I knew my daughter was capable of leading that event. And so, people would come to me and they'd say, so so what's, what's, what's happening with that, <laughs> right, you mm-hmm. know? And I'd say, we'll go talk to Caitlin, well, well, yeah, but I mean, but but what's happening with that? Well, we'll go talk to Caitlin. Like mm-hmm. Caitlin's got this. Mm-hmm. Well, are, are you sure she can handle that? Sure. Like, and like people that love her and are related to her, you mm-hmm. know, are asking these questions. You know.
4: Yeah.
3: And I was always available to her.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I was always there for her to bounce ideas off of and to work next to her and do all that kind of thing. But when we got to the end of that event and it was a successful event. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, she had this confidence that was way beyond what would have happened if I just would have said, "Well, we're doing this, 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 and this." Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Yeah,
3: you know, did she do everything the way I would have done it? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a a leadership principle, and I've I've heard it talked about by people like uh, John Maxwell and Craig Rochelle, and I think even Andy Stanley has written about this in some really great leadership books. Uh, The idea used to be that the ninety percent principle. Okay, and the 90% principle was if if somebody else can do it 90% as well as you can, you let them do it. Hmm. Okay, because now you take your energy and you invest it in something else that mm-hmm. they can't do 90% as well as you can.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I've begun to temper that down. I I, I think it's a 75% rule. Okay. If somebody else can do it 75% as well as I can, let them do it. Mm-hmm. Let them run with it. Because if they if I help lead them, if I'm in communication with them, we're probably going to end up at eighty or eighty-five mm-hmm. percent. You know, and eighty to eighty-five percent on that event's probably going to be phenomenal.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And now I have all this other time, energy, space, whatever you want to use, to add into something else. So now we've got eighty-five percent of one thing, and we've got a hundred percent of another thing. So now we've got one hundred eighty-five percent of something, rather than just a hundred percent of something. Mm-hmm. We got eighty-five percent more.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
3: Because we we, we we, did that with somebody else. And that naturally then is going to lead into our legacy. Because yeah. we've talked over and over on this podcast about there's going to come a time when we are done doing whatever it is we're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're calling balls and strikes on a baseball field, if you're calling fouls and violations on a basketball court, if you're teaching in a classroom, if you're working on a construction site, if you're turning wrenches as a plumber, I don't care what it is that you do, there's a day you're going to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And your legacy is not just going to be, look what I built or look at the game I worked. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all of those people that chose to follow in your footsteps mm-hmm. or didn't. Uh, and that's that's where the legacy is going to come in.
2: So I guess, you know, I struggle with, you know, how do I bring those people, you know, how do I say, come on come with me to do this Mm -hmm. trivia night. Yeah. You know, I know you've never done one, but I feel like you can. You know, I feel like I try to encourage people. You know, I even had this conversation with your son a couple weeks ago about him wanting to, I don't know if he's going to be mad that I share the story, I don't care. Uh maybe may, he doesn't maybe care, Caleb. He doesn't yeah, care. Maybe he'll actually do it. You know, in in our many conversations, he's you know, you're both your kids are very, very talented when it comes yeah, to singing, you know, are. and even playing instruments, you know, yeah. and they're talking about all this stuff. And he said to me, he said, Yeah, I'd really like to, you know, write my own song and, and sing it. You know, that's what he said. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why don't you? What's go for it. Do it. It costs nothing nothing it doesn't cost you a dime turn on your phone press record and do it i struggle with that because it's that seems very elementary to me and very like this is easy let's do this and i've been told many many times not everyone thinks like you jeff my wife is very quick to point that out so not not everyone is thinking like you are thinking so don't get mad when they go. Oh, I still can't do it. Or yeah, the, the common
3: well. thing, the common thing. If we're going to talk about the uncommon drive, right? The common thing is if I don't start, I can't fail.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's the
3: com- why. Why is it that we have more people in the stands at basketball games refereeing than we have on the court refereeing?
2: Yeah, because mm-hmm.
3: well, if they never put on the stripes, they never have to be accountable for their call.
2: Yep, yep.
3: But we we live in a world and with every generation that comes by and this is not a knock on our younger generations because i've got a a 19 and a 21 year old right now and they and their friends are phenomenal people we have a great young generation that is coming up
4: Mm -hmm.
3: people can knock on millennials all they want there are phenomenal millennials Mm -hmm. out there part of the reason that we have issues with our millennials and the ones that are younger than that is because those of us of older generations have not done a good job of what we've, we're, we're talking about right now. Mm. We've not done a good job of bringing them along and leading them so that they're ready to take the baton and run with it. Yeah, We've said, hey, look, we're going to do it because you guys can't figure out how to do it right.
2: Mm-hmm. You can't do it fast enough. Yeah. You know, whatever that is, right?
3: You know, I, I remember when I first started cooking, I I, I love to cook. Kay. I enjoy it. If, if I couldn't do the things that I do i would find some restaurant somewhere and and i would cook that's what i would do and uh, and i love it and when i was very young my mom had me start helping make dinner Mm -hmm. and it started out with things as simple as stir this on the stove Mm -hmm. you know and and you don't stir it quick enough and now the bottom of it scorches Mm -hmm. or you you stir around the edges and you don't stir the middle and now it's clumpy or Mm -hmm. whatever right and so Mm -hmm. You learn how, and so what that meant was for those meals, we might have something that didn't taste as good as if mom had just done it. Yeah. But then after a while, it was okay, well, you make the green beans for dinner tonight, and I'll make everything else. Then mm-hmm. after that was, well, you do this and that. And now she's the one just making the green beans and I'm making everything else. And then it got to the point where a night or two a week, I was responsible for making dinner. Mm-hmm. But if she had never let me do it less than what she could, I never would have gotten to the opportunity that I could do it. My dad made the best cornbread on the planet. Mm-hmm. We had one skillet in our home that was used for that cornbread. And it was phenomenal. Love that cornbread to this day. My dad never taught me how to make his cornbread. So guess what? Dad's cornbread isn't around anymore.
2: Mm, yeah.
3: We have the recipe, but it's not dad's cornbread. Yeah. Cause there were things about the way that he did it there sure. was i don't know if he let that stuff sizzle in butter before he went i don't have like i have tried mm-hmm. but i cannot make the cornbread my dad made yeah because he just did it mm-hmm. and he thought he was serving us he was doing this great thing for us by providing it for mm-hmm. us but then when he passed away at an incredibly young age we don't have his cornbread Yeah. You know and so part of what we have to be doing is helping these younger generations or even helping those in our own generation that that haven't quite grabbed this yet help them to, how do I help you start yeah what can I do to help you start
2: mm-hmm.
3: what because because once they get started I'm just telling you they're gonna run with you yeah camp. you're right they're gonna mm-hmm. fly mm-hmm. but how do we help you know we have all these these high school officials that maybe you've begged to come to a college camp
4: mm mm-hmm.
3: And they just, but you know, they would be such a great college umpire. They'd be Mm -hmm. such a great college basketball official if they would just come and just give it an opportunity. Right. Well, maybe it's as simple as, hey, I've already booked our hotel for camp. Yeah. Hey, I've already paid your registration. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
3: You know, you go. Well, I don't have. Man, why not invest in somebody
4: else? Sure. Mm -hmm. Because
3: my guess is. Once they're like they realize it's already paid. Okay, well, what do I owe you? Because here, I guess we're going, (laughs) right? (laughs) You know, but I mean, sometimes that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes helping them figure out how to start.
2: Yeah, and um, you know, to help them not see the obstacles. You know, we all know there's obstacles when you start new things, Mm -hmm. and but we got to help them to be able to, you know. Just ignore those obstacles for now. Don't yep. worry about those things that are getting in your way. You know, I, I, I oft, when you're talking about your daughter, uh, uh, the youth program or whatever yep. it was. Well, you know, and was she, are you sure she's ready? or sure she's ready? At the risk of making it sound like not a big deal, but she wasn't doing anything life threatening. That's right. You know what I mean. Yep. She had no chance of harming anyone. No matter how bad it came out, no yep. one was going to get harmed. So, hey, we let the ship sink. You know, it's still going to, even if we get 10 or 20% success out of it, she's like, you know what, I enjoyed it. I'm going to go for 30 or 40%. Yeah. And um, I think that's that's what we do. That's the only way we do it, though, is we have to stick our toe in the water. Or sometimes we just got to do a great big belly flop in it and, and, and sink or swim. Yep. Like they did Little House in a the Prairie. It's how, they taught you how to swim. They threw you in, in the pond. And we don't jump in the pond enough. We're too busy going. I've been told that the pond is cold and wet, and I'm in my clothes, and you know, and all these things, so I don't want to get in. Yep. And uh, we're afraid of that.
3: No, you're right. So on the night before, the night before Christmas,
2: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: As we are. Uh, busy with all these other things and we're hustling from one place to the next to get the stuff for christmas eve dinner or whatever and we have this podcast playing in the car as we drive from the grocery store to menards to walmart over to meyer because the thing we needed at walmart they didn't have and we go spend 40 mm. more cents on it at meyer wherever mm. else we're going right now and as we're talking about this you know one of the one of the great things about the holidays, and again, I don't, I don't care what holiday you celebrate or don't celebrate, but one of the great things about this time of year is that there is this sense of anticipation okay. that happens around the holidays, mm-hmm. right? You know, some people say it's a sense of wonder or a sense of hope, or what, but really what is it is, it's, it's anticipation of what's next. You know, what's, what's in the next present that gets unwrapped? Mm-hmm. There's that anticipation. Right, um, what's in the the next pie that Grandma brings out of the oven? Mm-hmm. You know, is it is it apple? Is it pumpkin? Is it whatever? Right, um, what's in the next year? You know that the calendar's getting ready to turn, and what's going to be different for me next year? And the truth is, is that um, anticipation can go one of about three different ways. Anticipation can come back with. Joy and surprise and wonder, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. That's it. or I didn't even know I wanted that or mm. whatever. Um, anticipation can come back with defeat and hurt and pain because maybe the next year brings hardship, maybe the next year brings loss of a job, loss of a loved one, whatever. Um, but the third one that that happens so often is that the anticipation just brings about meh. You know, meh. yeah, meh. It, it wasn't great. It wasn't no. horrible. It was just, it was the same old, yeah, same old, same stuff. Yeah. Oh, I got socks again. Well, mm-hmm. I, I always get socks for Christmas, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I got the four exact things that I asked for on my Christmas list. Well, that's, that's what I expected. Yeah. Oh, my job's the same as it was last year. Nothing's different. Mm-hmm. You know, my friends are the same. We still have the same routine. I still bowl on the same bowling league. Mm-hmm. I still go to the same events. I still, one of the reason that, so many of us are content with meh is because we're so terrified of the defeat or the disappointment. Mm-hmm. that we miss out on the wonder and the celebration, yeah, that can come from something actually succeeding or actually being great.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I think there you know if if I had a choice, I want to take a chance for there being, even if it is just a small chance, of feeling what it feels like to succeed in something.
4: Mm
2: -hmm. In my planning of the trivia night, I had no idea if it was going to pass or fail, but I was doing it just for the chance that it might do well, so I can know that feeling, so I can feel that feeling, because that feeling right there, that feeling will stick with you for a long time. And so will the... The losing, right? That'll stick with you. Mm-hmm. But if you if you you know halfway learn anything from your some of your your failures, the next time you approach something of that caliber, you be like, oh well, that didn't work last time. Hold on a second, you know we we do that on our daily basis. You know, sometimes we try as with a coach, we try a line,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and you're like, whoo, that be worked? You know what I mean? You can't. wait. You're like, what a what a great feeling! Imagine if I would have never tried that line, I would have never known. And then that same line mix up two different words, and now you're backpedaling for six minutes trying to you know square things away. But that's okay. Yeah, that's okay because the only way we're gonna know what that feels like to succeed is we have to try it. We have I to have, try
3: it. I have a friend of mine. His name's Clint Wheeler. Clint lives in the Kansas City area. Clint's a fireman. mm mm-hmm. uh, Great guy. Clint was one of my very first clinicians when I went to my very first college baseball camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clint was such a good dude. When I started losing some weight, Clint had lost some weight. And so he had some uniform stuff that didn't fit him anymore. And I had moved down to that size. And he literally just sent it to me. Like, wouldn't wouldn't even let me give him money for yeah, it. Right. You know, he's just one of those kind of guys. Super giving, all that kind of thing. And Clint had worked his way up. He was not a guy that had been to pro school or anything like that. And he'd worked his way up to Division One. And um, Clint had kind of gotten to a point where maybe he was plateaued a little bit. Mm -hmm. and uh clint was a guy that still worked the scissors uh, which is a uh, it's a plate stance that not many people use anymore and there's some reasons why people think it's a really great plate stance there's some reasons why people think it's not so great but regardless of whether you think it's awesome or horrible uh, the truth is is that it draws attention because it's not the norm
4: Mm
3: -hmm. right and he had a couple evaluations and stuff like that and some of the NCAA evaluators and basically said, you know, you need to you need to consider changing your plate stance. Mm-hmm. It would have been real easy for him to say, well, no, I'm, I've been good enough to get this far doing this, mm-hmm. you know, screw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, I saw him a couple years ago at a camp that I had gone to to evaluate potential college umpires, and he had been working some summer games using the new stance. Mm -hmm. And he came to that camp because he knew that there were going to be some people there that would see him.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And so he hopped in with guys who weren't even working college baseball yet. And he's been a crew chief at the D one level. And he didn't big time them. Mm -hmm. He didn't anything. He went in and worked and he led them. Mm -hmm. So here's a guy that after finding high levels of success, took a risk. Yeah. Took a chance and he could have failed epically.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Could have been those people that are like, What in the world is somebody like him doing here at this? Maybe he doesn't need to be working big time levels. <laughs> right. Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Or it could have been, Man, his zone's not very good because he's still getting used to a new stance or whatever. Or maybe because he was so worried about that, he's missing out on other things or whatever it might be. That very next season, he's working NCAA regionals in the postseason. <laughs> the very next season. Wow. Because he took that chance. Mm-hmm. He did something different. And in the process, he led others.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: There, I remember a, a D2 uh, assigner, his name's John Brower, who was there. And, and he literally pointed out to other people, you know, because Clint does some stuff for him and all. He said, look, I, I want you to know like who this is and what he's doing right mm-hmm. now. If he can do it, any of you can do it. Yep. You know, and it was that leadership by example. But Clint didn't just say, "Do it like I do it." He said, "Do it with me."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: he got on the field and did it with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the night before, the night before Christmas, what a great opportunity to lead the people in your family and friend group to do something new. Mm-hmm. What a great weekend mm-hmm. to to do something out of the norm, to do something outside the tradition. And maybe it's the thing that 10 years from now, people are still talking about. Yeah. Maybe it's the thing that 20 years from now, when maybe you're not on the scene, Mm -hmm. that people are like, wow, look what we're still doing today because we were led so well. And it not only becomes part of your life now, it's not only the way you lead others, but it becomes part of your legacy too.
2: Yeah. Um, You're right. And I, I, I've mentioned to Gina what I, something that I knew that I would like to try, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind to about three years ago, maybe four years ago, Gina wanted to, for whatever reason, she, we've never really done it, but she wanted to do a matching pajama thing for all of us, it, both sides of the family together. And it was work, right? You know, it was work because we're trying to find matching pajamas for, you know, a three-year-old, a one-year-old, you know, and it was small kids and, you know, we're trying to get everyone involved. We got
3: all the different sizes. Yeah, my, my,
2: my stepdad who doesn't go anywhere without a collared shirt on, you know, like when he was helping me work on the float, he came over in boat shoes and a collared shirt on. So <laughs> this is what he does. I'm like, how are we going to get him yeah. in this in this shirt? And um Gina worked really hard on it worked lots of communication back and forth and um I to this to this day think it was one of our favorite it was one of my favorite family portraits mm-hmm. even though it took so much work and she would have never gotten that if she wouldn't tried and tried and tried. there was lots of pushback okay. lots of pushback yeah like I'm not gonna wear that out in public and mm-hmm. you know all these things right but we just kind of laughed it off and, and now it, it's kind of morphed into something a little different you know mm-hmm. but we ultimately said, okay, fine. There's the people that don't want to do it. It's okay if you don't want to do it. We're going to continue to do it. And then yeah. they're going to look and go, oh, well, I want to be part of the fun. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So, and I think that's what happens is we see people that don't, they don't even, I don't think we even realize they took a chance, but they, we see them having success and we do it all the time. We On the outside looking in, we go, man, look at Chad. Chad's got success. I want to do what he's doing. And the mistake we make is we try to, okay, let me just follow Chad's footsteps mm-hmm. to whatever he's doing. Well, you're not going to take the same chances that Chad took. Yep. You've got to find your own chances. you got to find your own opportunities. you got to create those so you can potentially have that that great moment where you get to the NCAA tournament or you get that conference tournament or maybe you get the best picture you've had ever mm-hmm. on a Christmas day.
3: Yeah. No, that's great stuff. Yeah. Everybody, I hope that on this night before the night before mm-hmm. Christmas that you are looking for ways to be uncommon. Yep. Looking for ways to be uncommon in the way you live your life, in the way that you lead those around you, and in the legacy that you hope to leave to those that come behind. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All the good stuff. Merry mm-hmm. Festivus to the rest of us.
4: That's
2: right.
3: And uh, we'll see Side you fact. back soon. All right. See y'all. See y'all. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating.